I must have made a dozen or so. Carved the first one for my son. It's an angel. Or at least how I remember them anyway. I never told you that. Well, it was a long time ago. When my son Jesus was born, well, I didn't know who he would look like. Of all the things, I was worried about that. But let me start a little bit earlier. When I found out Mary was pregnant, well, I didn't want to embarrass her because it turned out the baby wasn't mine. It sounds really strange saying that now. But one night in my dreams, an angel came to me. He told me Mary was going to have a baby. And I was supposed to marry her. And that I shouldn't be afraid because Mary's child was going to be God's child. It is our custom that when a baby is born, the father takes that baby and he lays him across his knee. It's symbolic. To show the world that he is our direct and legitimate descendant. It wasn't long after my heart began to realize that this boy was sort of on loan to me. That he was special. And I sort of just made room for him. So on the day that he was born, I did what any father would do. I gave him his name. I laid him across my knee. And I called him mine. couldn't quite understand the mystery of it all, but nevertheless, he grew up to be a man learning in the temple and now teaching there. Whenever I carve these, I think about what the angel told me that night. He said, your son would be called God with us. God with us. Yep. That's always been enough. And all I've ever needed to know. So who does he look like? Well, he looks like God, if you ask me. Thanks, Joseph. Joseph was a man of a few words. As a matter of fact, he was a man of no words. If we look at the scriptural text, there's nowhere throughout the New Testament that Joseph uttered a word. And so what kind of a man is this, that God would give his son to Joseph to raise his son? A man of few words. We have words from Zechariah and Elizabeth, the parents of John the Baptist. They spoke words. We got words from Anna and, and Simeon. They were the prophets in the temple whenever Jesus as a baby showed up, they had words to say. Even the shepherds and the angels, they had words to share. And as we think about this man, Joseph, a man of, of no words, reminds me of a man of, of olden days that we would have called a quiet man, where his words mattered none, but his actions and his character mattered all. And that Joseph was a man of great character. And because he was a man of great character, God knew that he could entrust his babe to him. 
And he would raise him in a home where he'd be raised up like he was supposed to be raised up in the Jewish customs and the Jewish law. And that, his, that Joseph would be the man of the characteristics that he needed his son to imbue and have in him as he raised up to be not only as the son of God, but to carry out the ministry that he was going to be carrying out. Joseph was not just a man of no words, but he was a man of presence. He was present before the manger. He was present at the manger. And he was present after the manger. The day in and day out raising of the Son of God. Can you imagine the pressure? Just imagine as parents, we already have pressure trying to raise kids that we know or definitely are not the sons of God. We may think of them as sons of something else and the daughters of something else at times. But they're just carrying on our characteristics and our traits, right? Many times the things that we don't like about our children the most are the things that we see in us. And so that every day Joseph is raising the Son of God and looks at him and says, sees the characteristics and continues as a man of few words, is continually just being present, raising the Son of God. This morning, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. I apologize for my voice. I am... Um, I am ill under the weather, this thing called the flu, so I will stay at a distance from all of you, okay? Matthew chapter 1, looking at verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will give her the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill the Lord, what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. He did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Although Joseph was not Jesus' biological father, he, the moment that he was born, he took him across his knee and he laid him across. And in giving him a name and, and his doing so as laying him across his knee, he adopted him as his own son, giving him the rights and privileges of being his heir. And one of the most important things about doing that was that he, in that moment, he made him as a part of the lineage of line of King David. And that again fulfilled a part of the prophecy is that the son of God, Joseph's son, would be from the line of David. And that our Manuel, God with us, would come from that line. And so he received the rights and privileges of what it meant to be the son of Joseph, the son of God being adopted by Joseph. Again, what a great honor and what a great privilege. What kind of man is this that would adopt a son, that would adopt a child that he knew that he knew that wasn't his Imagine he had hopes and dreams for his marriage. He had hopes and dreams for his life with Mary. And Mary comes to him one day and says, hey, Joseph, I'm with child. And he says, oh, my, this isn't what we had planned. And she tells him how she's pregnant and kind of that story. I imagine that there was some fear and trepidation and probably some questions. 
And so a man of great character. And so here she is telling him this story, and Joseph is receiving this, and he's got some decisions to make. What kind of man is this, that God would entrust his son to him? The first thing that I want you to get from Joseph is that Joseph is a man of conviction. Joseph is a man of conviction. That is, he heard this from Mary, that he had an opportunity to trust or to not trust. Whenever he heard this from the angel, he had an opportunity to trust or to not trust. And in these moments, receiving from two people that he had trusted, he received it and obeyed it. He was a man of conviction. Remember, as we've talked about over the last few weeks, that whenever these two, two Joseph and Mary, whenever they were married and were pr- proposed to one another, is that they broke bread together and they had wine. And in doing so, they established a covenant. Between Mary and Joseph, there was a covenant. And what was symbolic of that covenant, one was a drinking of wine because of the celebration of joy, but then also they would have exchanged salt. And it was common in those days when two would bring their salt pouches to bring a contract together to make a covenant together. One would take salt from their pouch and the other from theirs, and they would exchange it across. And in that, they would say, hey, we can only break this covenant if you can get the exact salt granules of yours from my pouch and vice versa. And so they're basically saying this covenant that we're making together is an unbreakable bond. And so Joseph is a man of conviction that in that moment, whenever he made this commitment, whenever he made this covenant with Mary, even though things weren't going as planned, he said, my conviction is, and he received it and took it as a man of conviction set forth to continue on with this marriage with this woman. The second thing is that it showed that Joseph was a man of compassion. He quickly, he wanted, immediately he wanted to divorce her, but divorce her in a way that wouldn't put her to shame and put her aside in such a way that no one would would know, that no one would uh, fully understand or grasp the situation for Mary. He didn't want to bring onto her a bad name, and so he wanted to divorce her quietly. That was the compassion in him. And so even though he could legally do so, legally divorce her, it could have brought her in front of everyone and said, look, here's my wife. Look at Look at the situation you fully know, and you know that this is not my child. And he could have placed blame on her and cast her aside and publicly done so. But immediately in that moment, whenever he found out, and because of his conviction, because of his compassion, he thought about it, considered it. But whenever the angel came to him, compassion allowed him again to continue on and move forward with the marriage. Jesus was not only, or Joseph was not only a man of conviction and compassion, but also a person of great courage. Great courage in that day to be able to say, hey, my wife and I are in a, in a relationship and we're moving forward with this. This is obviously not what we had planned. In those days, it was easily a situation through indiscretion that it could have cost Mary her life, but also Joseph his life as well. And they, through that situation, he, again, because of his conviction and compassion and courage, said, Mary, I love you. This covenant is unbreakable. I want to move forward in our relationship together. What man is this? It's a man of great conviction. It's a man of great compassion. It's a man of great courage. (coughs) Excuse me. And it's a man (coughs) of great compliance. He said yes. In that moment, we don't like that word compliance, but it's an idea of obedience. And just like Mary, whenever that moment that she found out that she was going to be with child, her final words were, let it be so. Even though she didn't understand it, even though she didn't fully comprehend it, she said, God, I receive what you're asking of me and what you want me to do. Let it be so. I will do what you ask of me. 
And here Joseph in this moment, again, all of his hopes and his dreams, all of his thoughts about what it was going to be. And in that moment, whenever he received this truth from Mary, whenever he received this from the angel, he said, I don't fully understand, I don't fully comprehend, but God, you've asked me to be the father of the Son of God. Let it be so. And so that, from that moment on, we, we understand the rest of the story that Joseph and Mary made that 80-mile walk to Bethlehem, to the house of bread, and born in a manger. And every single thing about the birth of the King of Kings is exactly upside down from what the world thought it would be. He was born in a manger. He was born poor. He was born without. He was born without great applause. There wasn't great acknowledgement of who he was. Every single thing about the birth of Jesus was completely upside down about how he's asked us to live, that we're not to be people of so many words, but to be people of great character. That so many times we offer all kinds of words and all kinds of great ideas of what we're supposed to be like, and the world is looking at us and saying, I've had enough of your words. I want more action. So the thing that I hope that we learn from this man called Joseph, a man of no words, is that as followers of Jesus, that our actions speak louder than our words is that as people look at us over the next few days and the next few weeks and the next few months and they say, who is this child? What child is this? What difference has this child made in our lives? Is that we introspect and reflect and say it has much more to do not with the words that we speak but with the way that we live our lives. They may be quiet men and quiet women that speak loudly with our actions. Over these past few weeks, we've learned from different people within the scripture story. We've heard from Mary and we've heard from Joseph and we've heard from the shepherds and the angels. And tonight I look forward to gathering with you at 6 o'clock as we bring all these things together and we sing so many Christmas carols that you know and you're fond of and you love and as we have a living nativity scene with our children and and all kinds of different things that will be going on tonight. I pray that you will invite your friends and you'll invite your family and you will celebrate with them the birth of the Savior birth of Jesus Christ. What child is this? A child that has changed our lives forever. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this child. We thank you for this Savior that was born in a manger. That everything about his birth, everything about his, the story of his birth is upside down. From the King of kings and Lord of lords, from the Holy of holies, from the Son of God, for everything that we know about him and understand about him, his birth just doesn't match. And so, Father, the people of the day, they were looking for this great and mighty king to be born at Herod's house. And he wasn't born there, but he was born in a stable. Father, the king of kings was a common man. And he grew up in the house of a quiet man. And of a husband and a wife that just loved each other and loved their children and lived life day by day. Father, I pray for us in this room as we celebrate Christmas and Christ and his birth. May we just be reminded to just live life day by day and to be people less of words but more of action 
what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. It's in your son's name that we pray.